You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation brought to you by Go Wild. Go Wild is the fastest growing social media app that is dedicated directly to the outdoor enthusiasts. Whether you love hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, anything that has to do with the outdoors, you are going to love the Go Wild app. It allows you to document your adventures, document your hunts, show your pictures, log time, and there's a different way of scoring your adventures, not necessarily by the size of the fish or the size of the antlers. It's about the overall experience. So for more information, go download the Go Wild app today or visit timetogowild.com. All right, guys, this is Land of Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Keith. Matt Dye is lollygagging tonight, and he is um, still on his way back from the tree stand where he was filming and hunting with my brother. Um, and it is a very special day here in Missouri. And so for that, we meant, we actually wanted to do this midday. Um, but this is a podcast in a kind of remote setting where we were planning on recording midday while bacon was sizzling behind us but we didn't get to that so we we met up at a real estate office and are recording the podcast opening day Missouri rifle season one of my old friends Cody McClary Cody thanks for coming on thank you for having me I gotta ask this question because podcasts are extremely popular now and people, especially in the hunting industry, there's all kinds of people that have podcasts, and they're all uh, there's a wide variety of topics. But um, you may have heard of some of them. But my question: Have you ever actually listened to a podcast? I actually have no idea what a podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> to so, be completely yeah, honest, I've never listened that, to one. <laughs> that's funny. I, I didn't figure so, and that's why that, that was one of the reasons why we pulled you in. Or when Matt and I were talking about it, I'm like, I'll have Cody come on there because. I knew your brother um, was going to be doing – he works for Missouri Department of Conservation, so they're doing the CWD sampling today and tomorrow. Yep, today and, and tomorrow. And so uh, mandatory in those counties, so they're seeing all kinds of people bringing in deer heads. But um, we basically were like, let's have some people from deer camp. Well, usually you guys are there, and I'm like, I bet you they've never listened to podcasts. So they have no idea what – like, if you say the wrong answer, if I'm going to be able to shock you through these headphones. or <laughs> I hope you can't shock me. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, a podcast for you is like a radio show that you can listen to at any time. Okay. So, that's pretty much it. So, um, 
people can listen to it on their phone, driving down the road, whatever. So a lot of people listen to us while they work, which is sounds to me like you you listen to Avin, me and Matt talk. You're like, whoa, I, I I don't know if I'd want to do that for work. Maybe when I'm laying down trying to go to sleep, I'd do yeah. it. But uh, anyway, so Cody's here. This is our hunting podcast, maybe. I don't know. It may end up being the Habitat podcast because it is deer season. We do two, by the way. Okay. One that's kind of hunting-minded, one that's habitat-minded. But um, Cody, to give you a little bit, our listeners, a little bit of background with Cody, I'm trying to think here. You were four years older than me in school. Yep. And so you graduated in 03. Three. Yep. And I graduated in 06. And... Um, the thing about, I'm we probably started hunting and fishing together when I was in high school or Pro- shortly after. Probably so. Probably when we were 15, 16, Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and hunting has evolved for us a lot. There's been a lot of changes. Yeah, there's been a lot of changes. Uh, you guys have become a lot more serious over the years. <laughs> 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 we used to goof around quite a bit. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think... Uh, I think back to some of the stuff we used to pull. And, and so this podcast is really talking about the good old days. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, did you ever watch The Office? Oh, every I love t- The Office. Every time yeah. I say the good old days, I always think of Andy when he says, I wish we were able to know that we were in the good old days <laughs> when we were in the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so true. It like is. I think that was in the final season towards the very end, and yeah. it was like, Man, it, I wish I wish there was a way to know that we were in the good old days yep, when we were exactly. still in the good old days. I like to think back on some of our times too. Oh a lot of man, good memories. a lot of fantastic memories. A lot has changed, and but frankly, that's that's what I like so much about Deer Camp. I wish at one point we're going to find a time where our all of our schedules align. Like your brother hadn't been there in probably three years yeah, because of CWD. CWD stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and so. Uh, it's like we're going to have to either shift it and move it to the second weekend or figure something out because well, I, he's been doing it on second weekend some too, hasn't he? Or no, they always first? Doing it okay. First weekend, yeah, Saturday and Sunday. Gotcha. So for us, you know, you go back to the good old days. And I remember a hunt whenever we used to, it used to be where you guys, we, we had permission to still hunt. The Prairie Hollow property, we've always referred to it as Sawmill Holler, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my family farm, and you guys had permission to hunt a couple of properties just up the just up the holler yep, from us. Which we still hunt on. Yep. And yeah, you guys still hunt one of. Do you hunt uh, Let Singers much anymore? Yeah, yeah, you do. Okay, hunt, usually every year. Okay, yep. bowl and ball holler. Bowl and ball holler. Yeah. <laughs> my dad coined that phrase. Apparently, back in the day, they found a bowling ball at the end of the holler, and so. There's the name. I don't. Have you ever looked at? You have an interesting background. You you studied wildlife in college, right? What was your exact I, degree? My four year degree was wildlife conservation management. I had a minor in agronomy and a minor in horticulture. My master's is in natural and applied science, and primary emphasis is biology. Secondary emphasis is geospatial science. <laughs> you don't do anything like nope, that. Nope, I work at Meeks. <laughs> I have nothing to do with the conservation field well, at what all. What did you want to do with that degree? Uh, I actually wanted to be a biologist for the conservation department, but I... I you came apl- at, You graduated at a bad time. Oh, it was terrible. I applied for a job in uh, Mount Vernon at a fish hatchery for a fisheries biologist, 
I applied. There were 65 people applied, and everybody but one had their master's. So I just kind of dropped out after that, and I had to feed the family and have a job, so I kind of took a different path and left all that behind. Yeah. Still love to get into it, but yeah, I don't know. It's a tough field to get into. It is. It, it, it certainly is. I, we get that question all the time from young aspiring teenagers or 20-year-olds in college that are wanting to, to have my job. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so it's kind of sad to burst their bubble because I don't I'm not a certified biologist but I'm a land consultant and so you kind of took it upon yourself to learn all this stuff yeah and really my, just develop your own my degree is ag yeah I mean you've <laughs> so, developed your business and, yeah you know you've you've kind of taken it upon yourself to to learn all this stuff and and really branch out and and grow a business out of it. I you was know, fortunate enough to have the family farm where yeah, I could yeah. – I, I really got to test strategies and practices and, and learn from those mistakes because that's what most of them were. Yeah. And, then and that, watching monster buck videos. That's yeah. how we learn, man, how to grow <laughs> yeah. monster bucks. Primo's videos, man. Primo. I didn't Primos. think I was going to be able to stop him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so – for the people listening, we we watched so many hunting videos back in the day that it became quoting. Some people quote movies. We quoted hunting videos. And yep. so, I my gosh, that one was uh, on old Will Primo's on Monster Bucks yep. video where he shot him and he turned back to the camera so excited. He's blinking like crazy. He's like, <laughs> I think I was going to be able to stop him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember, you know, one of these days I'm going to dig them all up, but there is a uh, there is a stack of VHS mini DV um, home videos that I have stashed away for a rainy day that has got some of the dumbest stuff we ever did on camera. You videotaped us? Yeah. Do oh you not remember gosh. when there was a <laughs> a video where we're sitting in in the shooting house that you and I or that I and my buddies. Evan and Colton, we built it. Oh, the one in the back? The one in the back. You videotaped that? It, when we were sitting in it that day, <laughs> and uh, we were, I mean, it was me, you, and Garrett. Yeah, I remember and we that. And we pretty much shook those trees. We were laughing so hard <laughs> in there. And and I still think about, like, we had three guys. Of course, I didn't weigh 100 pounds back then. Uh, but you guys were probably in college or upper in high school. Probably. We yeah. were all three stacked in a. In a, in a shooting house, 15 foot up a tree that I built. And didn't that thing blow over? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, in my defense, it blew over in a horrible, horrible, like, straight line wind well, at least wind you storm. weren't in it. I, I wasn't guess. in it. <laughs> kind of blew over to it, still standing. But, like, man, that thing could have just collapsed with us in there. But, um, yeah, I filmed all that. And, and then I filmed your brother one time. I filmed your brother multiple times in trees. Uh-oh. My brother's nickname, by the way, is Broken Twig. Broken Twig. And Adam will have to explain Broken Twig. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about that. <laughs> um, man, I, I'd certainly have to explain that and uh, and do my best not to offend anybody here. <laughs> um, whenever, so everybody, like, Dances with Wolves is one of my favorite movies of all time. And he got the name Dances with Wolves because the native, uh, I forget, the, the, the Sioux. The Sioux Indians. The yeah. Sioux Indians saw him playing with the wolf and like he was dancing with wolves. So that was his Native American name. And 
one hunt up sawmill. You know the story, Oh, right? I do. Okay. I, I think I was there. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> so, you turned around and you're like, would you quit stepping on every stick up here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were trying to sneak up through sneak up through the logging road. And it was about this time of year. Leaves had fallen, but it was like we were already being loud. And it was like, oh, there's a stick. I'll step over the stick. Here comes Dustin. Crack. <laughs> and it was like, okay, well, maybe he didn't see that one. I'll give him that. And then two sticks later, crack. And I turned around. I was like, would you quit stepping on every stick? I swear if you had a Native American name, it'd be Broken Twig. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. yeah, he coined the phrase Broken Twig. Yep, there and, he is. And, uh, yeah, that one stuck. Uh, he, <laughs> I gotta share this one, uh, and I don't think I've ever talked about this on a podcast. But um, you know how we talked about this growing up too. You know how some people uh, really have to tread lightly on this one. But some people have similarities to to animals, mm-hmm. like they look similar to an animal. Oh yeah, people say you look like your dog. Yeah, or or. Yeah. You look like a goose, or I've yeah. always said, like, if I was an animal, I'd look like a goose. I got a long neck, and, yeah, it makes sense. Well, your brother was always the dauphin because we said he looked like a dauphin. <laughs> so is t- it because of wispy chin hairs? I don't know why it was, just because he had this, like, I don't I, I don't even know why it was. Good, but it's like he kind of, and, and when I said it, my brother's like, yeah, I could totally see that. And so we're like, oh, the old dauphin. And... Uh, <laughs> My brother texted me two days ago. He was he said, Isn't this ironic? I got a text from Dustin saying he just shot at a deer and he's standing under my and he's standing under my tree stand. And I'm like I read it and I'm like, What the heck is he talking about? And sure enough he sends me a picture and there's this little dofon under his stand. I'm like, Oh, I get it now. That, that's good. <laughs> oh man. You know, thinking back on what year so that would have been early two thousands. Hunting was a lot different than it is now. Oh, yeah. What What do you, because you haven't seen, you, you haven't jumped into a lot of the fads or changed, and you're not wearing the fanciest brand spanking new camo. You guys aren't sporting the, the modern day rifles. Neither am I, but you you haven't, the, the trail cam systems and all that stuff, you guys haven't fallen victim to that. Um, that some of us have so what what is some of the like biggest changes you've seen in 20 years the biggest changes that i've seen is technology um you know you were talking today i I don't even remember the brand name that you were talking about but you've got game cameras set up everywhere that send pictures to your phone as they're taking pictures (laughs) in the woods and it's like what in the heck you know real time when a deer is standing in front of your game camera that that just doesn't make any sense to me no you know the. Uh, you guys, which, do you remember? Um, you guys were running because your brother was running trail cameras way back when. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was. Well, I bought my first trail camera when I was 11 years old, so 20 years ago, and that's crazy to me to say that out loud. But 20 years ago, I was running trail cameras, and your brother had trail cameras about the same time. And yep. I remember we had a stealth cam. And and no disrespect to any trail cameras. Twenty years ago, they were all cruddy. Let's oh, yeah. just be honest. Compared yeah, all, to there was no infrared. They were all if oh, it was man. a nighttime picture, <laughs> it was a flash, scared the deer away. And yes, you got uh, a crappy picture of a back end of a deer. I remember like now after twenty years of running trail cameras, like 
your brother, I had an old stealth can that was kind of a black unit, mm-hmm. uh, like a big, su- it was a big sucker that was stuck yeah, out like on the side of the tree. two foot by two foot. Yeah. And it was huge. Yeah. It was huge. And half the time it had like sleep mode in it and oh, to yeah. where you'd be like, you'd walk in front of it. Oh, it's sleeping. What does that even mean? <laughs> and, uh, but when you go get your pictures, it's got a picture of you on it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so to me, that stuff is just like some of the biggest changes that you got to see, or we've all seen, but you guys haven't fallen victim to it. Um, and I'm going to take a brief pause because as we pick back up, Matt Dye is going to be joining us. All right. All right, so now we have Matt joining us from the afternoon hunt. Um, give me a little bit of a rundown. Oh, cold. Wind was it, – it didn't act right at all in there. It was the weirdest thing. Forecasted southeast wind, 10 to 12, and it was more southwestish. It was odd. Really? And then I wonder if that big ridge has something to do with it. At some points, like, when it would die down, it wasn't as strong. It was just straight up. Like, it was just getting up and gone. So I was like, well – Huh. We're in here. We had a doe come in over top of ridge, just tail up, head down, running right past us twenty yards, mouth open. I was like, okay, she's getting chased. Good deer's on camera here this morning. Get ready, Chad. And nothing. There's not a deer behind her. Have no idea what pushed her, nudged her. Nothing. Her turkeys fly up, and that was our evening. Did you guys freeze out? It got chilly. Like, when the sun went down, it didn't waste any time getting cold. It was 15 degrees this morning, and I was fine. And then this evening, it was 30, I think, when it got in the truck. Yeah. And I was colder tonight than I was this morning. Yeah, I don't know I don't, what the deal was. It was, I don't know what it was freezing cold. I think it was this morning, probably the thought of biscuits, bacon, sausage, that eggs. That may have been it, yeah. Just kind of kept your mind and warmed your warmed your body. And you know, I'm still wearing those clothes that I ate in, so I still smell it. <laughs> uh, so I'm just sitting here just smelling it the whole time I'm oh, out there. That's funny. <laughs> that was the other thing. You asked me what had changed over the years. You guys have become a lot more serious. You're talking about wind and stuff like that. Wind. We didn't care. Who does that? <laughs> we didn't care. I mean, we just, you know, I walked out in the woods. If the wind was blowing, it could blow whatever way I wanted to blow. I didn't care. I could smell like a greasy piece of bacon. I didn't care. <laughs> that or, is, or that is one thing. Yep. Just that stove. Does yep. your brother pay attention to the wind when he's bow hunting? I think Dustin's a lot more serious than I am. I'm just out here. I'll, I shoot whatever. You know. Yeah. I'm the scrub killer. So three point, two point, whatever. <laughs> it don't matter. You're a hunter. <laughs> I'm a hunter. Yes. That's I'm exactly a hunter. what it is. Yeah. I don't You're care. An outdoorsman. That's right. I just. just uh, that's before you got here, Matt. We were talking about you know. <laughs> 20 years ago, and I guess it would have been more like 15 for us and, and the hunting side of it and what we used to do compared to now. Gosh. And I, I thought of that on the way because because of the road, it was softer. We didn't want to drive all the way back, so we parked at, like, the, the gate and then walked all the way in. Yeah. And that long walk in, usually we don't have that long of a walk. Like, on most of our sets now, we're trying, like, minimal no. entry and stuff like that, you know. And it got me thinking. I was like – when I when I was growing up in Virginia, this takes me back to all the walks in, and horrible walks. I had a expo- mile was normal for us. Yeah. It was like yeah. we just we parked the truck at the road and then we just took off. We just went. Have you ever parked at the road and walked up Sawmill Holler Hill <laughs> yeah. and then all the way back to the Four Corners? 
Holy cow. In With the a tree morning. stand on With your back. With a tree stand. <laughs> climber on your back and a backpack hooked to that and a bow. Only yeah. to hunt the the, the wrong Scrub. wind. And yeah, yeah. The, and we didn't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> we had no idea. I remember towards the tail end of, of going, I wonder what the wind is supposed to be tomorrow. And it'd be like, oh, it says it's southeast. Whatever that well, means. I hope they come from the I hope they come from the south. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like whatever. You just you just tried to shoot them before they got downwind of you. That oh. was like that was the mindset of of looking at the wind. It wasn't like, okay, this stand sets up for this. It's like I'm going to the tree. Yep. Southeast wind, so shoot them before they get northwest <laughs> of you. You guys are a lot more serious than me too. I was thinking the other day. We went up, I think it was my last time that I hunted on Sawmill. Went up and hunted out of the tree, which yep. everybody knows what the tree is in Sawmill. Um, climb my climber up there. Chad was down the ridge a little ways. Sat till about 9 o'clock, and I was like, ah, the heck with this. I haven't seen anything. So I climbed down, go up behind me to meet my brother. And in the meantime, Chad's coming up there, and there's this huge buck standing like 20 yards from where I would be sitting. <laughs> And he's waiting for me to shoot. He's just sitting there watching this deer, and it runs off. And he goes up there, and I'm gone. And he's like, what in the heck? Where are you at, man? Oh, wow. <laughs> so That's I missed funny. out on a really nice deer because I'm impatient. But anyway, <laughs> I guess to go back to that, Adam sat through the rain to kill his last deer. And, yeah, I would never sit through the rain to do that. I had an no. umbrella, man. And, and props to your brother because he's the first person I ever remember packing an umbrella. Yep. He bought it, me one. It's like oh, the well. story. You I, will my, sit and stay. <laughs> <laughs> my brother had a uh, a buddy that used to make fun of me because they would always talk about, uh, or they were talking about going fishing for white white bass, and uh, the only thing that they were seeing him caught on was a little eighth ounce buzz bait. And my brother's buddy was like, "Who has an eighth ounce buzz bait in their tackle <laughs> box?" And Chad goes. Adam, Adam always has an eighth ounce buzz bait. That's the only buzz bait I would ever pack was this little bitty river fishing buzz bait, yeah. and I would use it quite a bit. And he's like, who? And so anytime he saw me, he goes, you've been fishing with that buzz bait in <laughs> It's like your brother. He had that odd thing in your pack, and everybody has probably an odd thing, but back in the day he used to always have that umbrella with him. And it was like, who carries an umbrella? <laughs> and then this year I packed an umbrella in and ended up killing a deer yeah. under an umbrella. They're handy. Yes. Whenever you need one, you that was nice. another thing that you said you were saying is like you get down at like nine o'clock. Yeah. When I was hunting growing up, I had no idea what like mid morning movement was. Mm -hmm. And now being able to study deer and watch them through trail cameras and things and, and then not hunting certain portions of the year during morning sets and then kind of banking those and waiting till the right time. Now it's like I don't get excited until eight thirty, nine, ten o'clock in the morning. And it's like deer are getting on their feet now, and that's it's like the whole mindset. I missed out on so much growing up because like, oh, the sun's above the trees. Yep, they're and done. Got, yeah, we I didn't go. see any this morning. Yeah, they're moving go. at night, and they only like at daybreak. But yeah, no, yeah, we, I shot mine at nine thirty-five. That's what I was showing you that picture. We had that nine point working the scrape from nine to nine thirty in the morning. The one I shot was at nine, just after nine. <laughs> My yep. brother shot one up at Fusen at 1.45 in the afternoon. 
I mean, they move all day. And your long. brother's going to murder you for saying that name out loud on a podcast. <laughs> oh, sorry. I may. He may have to erase that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? You said the woods area, or yeah. did you say not national forest? I think it was national forest. Yeah. 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 It's somewhere <laughs> down way south. <laughs> yeah. <I don't> know. <laughs> oh man! Everyone's Do you remember? In their mind, like, where is he talking about? Yeah. The maps right now. I remember. Uh, remember the when we used to go to like liner liner lake and oh, yeah. we'd go hunt down there and it was like we would drive a long ways early in the morning to get up and get pumped if we saw even a spiker are you talking about when we used to get the flat <laughs> bottom and go across the river oh we go hunt what do they call that point i forget what they call that uh it's a birdman point or birdman point yeah how about that for point. a name yeah mm-hmm. that was before before we i was asking you about your degree um I was gonna ask you, have you ever looked at like the old the old topo maps where they have all the names yep. like Devil's uh one of our friend Weston Carter has one that's called like Devil's Rock Pile. Yep. And like all these weird names and you're always like, I wonder why they call it that. Yeah. I was and looking at your map today, <clears throat> wondering what where the names came yeah. from. Yeah. A lot of those were we gave them that name. Yeah. Uh other than Shimpaw Ridge. I was saying, and then then you're like, was was there an old man Shimpaw here? Like I think there was. What? I think that's why they what called that. It, you know? Yeah, there was an old man. I think he had a house or something up there. Have you ever heard the, the Native American name that I gave his brother? Have you ever heard that story, Broken Twig? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sure there's a good story with it, though. There is. We walked from the <laughs> oh, T in the road, the T in the road yeah. all the way to Four Corners, and I would step over sticks, crunch. and he would crunch, crunch. the sticks. <laughs> and he was. I was, like, so frustrated because it's like – it was so loud already, and I was like, dude, why are you stepping on every twig? And anyway, yeah, broken twig. I haven't followed you in the woods in a long time. Bo hunted with you. Mm-hmm. Do you still carry, like, 400 pounds of clothes yes. with you? Does <laughs> yes. he really? Yes. Dude, it's kind of funny because I have to. <laughs> he wears tons and tons of clothes, and, and it's like, how, I don't even know how you move. Like, the Michelin man yeah. with all his clothes, but walking in is the funniest thing because <laughs> – if you're walking behind him, <clears throat> like you see, like what looks like toothpicks below his pack, and then there's like arms of clothes hanging out, like they're just strapped in, like not yep. ratchet, but just buckled into the back of the pack. And there's a leg here hanging out. It's all just like flopping. Yeah, that's like, what I always yeah. remember about Adam. Every time we'd go somewhere, there would be clothes piled on his back. He'd be holding yeah. an arm load of clothes. My wife it's has like me diagnosed, by the way. It's called Raynaud's disease. Rain and it's disease. it's a lack of blood flow to your extremities. Oh, really? So, like, it's my really feet, and Matt has it as well. Um, Maybe that's why my feet are always cold. My feet and my fingers and my, and like, nose and ears are always ice. And so when I'm in a tree stand, they get so cold, and if they get cold, I'm done. And so I have to try to – I try to combat that by wearing extra clothes, but really the truth of it is I have to figure out a way to keep my hands and my feet warm. The biggest thing is, like, <clears throat> don't constrict blood flow through your capillary before it gets to your feet and hands. And then if you can keep your core warm, then it'll send warm blood to your extremities. Yeah. So like I wear a vest under as like a layer under like a big jacket a lot to, to do that. And it, it helps. Nope. And that's why like as a kid, I, it, it could be hereditary. They don't really know why people get it. I think there's I think probably a combination of of because it's like it's the places on my body that i destroyed duck hunting basically where it's like hurt so bad where you feel like you did something to your to your uh nerves who knows what it is but that's a big reason why people some a lot of people like 
kind of look down or turn their nose at people wearing the expensive camo clothing or whatever or the merino wool stuff and it's like i don't at all because i'm like you do whatever you got to do to stay warm yep. i don't care if i got to wear green coveralls to stay warm but honestly i feel like that's one of the biggest issues why i get so cold now is i wore tor- terrible gear growing up but you don't want to wear a brown coveralls with like uh, my dad a white handkerchief in the back white. pocket and you're rattling <laughs> horns around your neck was that an like, old hunter ed video yes, it was okay. a hunter education this guy walking through the woods with rattling horns around his neck and, and he was grunting ha- and a white and he, handkerchief and he had his grunt pocket. call and he was grunting it's like who literally does that yeah. right yeah. <laughs> you're asking for it that yeah. come on yeah <laughs> oh gosh man i yeah, it's it's definitely changed. And you were saying something about following, walking in, exact same. But here's one that I'll never forget. I, I think about this. He hears me talk about this a lot and probably has no idea what I'm even talking about. But I'll say, ooh, it's a two-pant kind of morning. <laughs> and your brother used to always just <laughs> razz on me. He's like, how many pairs of pants you wearing this morning? I'm like, two, lay off me, it's cold. And he'd be like, one. And I'm like, you're wearing one pair of pa- one pair of pants. Like how? It's it's cold. Oh, it's not that cold. And so it was like, whenever I saw Dustin breaking out two pairs of pants, I was always like, oh man, it's gonna be <laughs> it's cold gonna be this morning. It's a four pair for Adam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're you're it's three actually pairs. it's three on the way in, then add the, the fourth, yeah. then you add yeah. the fourth. Yeah, yeah. And the fourth has got a liner in it. It looks like a sleeping bag, so you just kind of put it Dude, on. Dude, I've got them on now. I've got some uh, rocky thermals on right now. That's yeah. fleece on the inside. Ooh. Oh man. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like I wear thermals that all the time. The skin. Oh. oh, yes. From October to April, I'm wearing thermals. He's like my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I long, the thermals. long underwear just busted out like <laughs> October 1 oh my without gosh, question. <laughs> yeah, I wear them all the time. My wife calls them my yoga pants because most of the time they're black and they have no pockets, so they look like <laughs> yoga you pants. You just wear them around the house? Not typically, <laughs> but sometimes. October through April. We're getting a little personal. So yeah. six, six months out of the year. Oh, man. Yeah. No, uh, I was uh, kind of going back to our squirrel hunting because we did a ton of squirrel hunting over the years. That's really what got us started, Matt. Like, whenever we floated, the ri- we floated the river hunt. and we squirrel hunted. Yep. That was the two main things. Yeah, I won't we say didn't any have of our float trip stories. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know, man. There's so many of them. It's There's like too many. I don't even know what story you're going to tell that could get us in trouble. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll leave those out. <laughs> now we were talking. I, I thought the other day whenever Adam asked me to be on the the show, I was trying to think of some stories, and the only one, and I I talked to Chad about it today, um, but. We were out on your guys' farm, squirrel. Me and Chad were squirrel hunting, Mm -hmm. and I have no idea why, but there was a squirrel on the other side of a field probably 100 yards away, and Chad said, I bet you can't hit it. I said, I bet you can. So I rest on Chad's shoulder, shoot, and the squirrel, like, flies out of the tree. We're like, oh, my gosh, I think you hit it. So we go over there, and he's like, oh, we can't find it. And we find little specks of blood. It's like a deer trail, like trailing a deer through the woods, only we're trailing a squirrel. And we finally find it at the end of the blood trail, and I had shot it through the lungs, and we blood trailed this squirrel and found it. <laughs> hundred yard shot. Hundred the yard shot. The, the oh, that With is a on the podcast today. Oh yeah. <laughs> you guys have an interesting story of a bear. Tell me that story again, because I was trying to remember it. The bear on Cowskin Creek. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh man, this is a long time ago. I think we were probably I was I think a freshman in high school. 
Um, we were doing a survival. Do you know, Matt, do you know where yeah. Cowskin? Yeah. Okay. Cowskin MA. Yep. Yeah, know. you can say that. Okay. But anyway, um, we were doing a survival trip. My stepdad was into uh, survival stuff really big, so we go out, set snares, all that stuff. But anyway, we had sleeping, not sleeping bags, we had hammocks set up in the, the woods. Behind us was kind of a rock ledge, and on the other side of us was the river. And we had been cooking and stuff under the rock ledge, and that night we went out, we were sleeping in our hammocks, and nobody was really sleeping. We were kind of talking and kind of calmed down a little bit. It was really eerie because there was hoot owls out there, barred owls that were calling back and forth, and you know how they'd get in the battle and they start making the yeah. really oh, crazy. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, that right there. And they started battling. So we started calling back and forth at them. And one of them ended up landing in the tree that my hammock was in and making this awful sound. Anyways, kind of eerie. And they, they eventually left. So we were still we were laying there in the hammocks. And my stepbrother asked, me if, asked us if one of us threw a stick at him. Like, no. And he said some uh, explicit words <laughs> that I won't say here. But, um, and he jumps out of his hammock in the, the bush about – two feet from his hammock just starts moving like crazy and all of us jump up and this whatever it was we didn't know at the time um just takes off running up the hill sounds like a a bull running through the woods just breaking limbs and stuff runs up on top of a ridge and stupid us we follow it and all we had were these little I, petzel. I thought the whole event was like a survivalist thing. <laughs> yeah. Let's go yeah. after it. Yeah. <laughs> Counterintuitive. Yeah. We were just run after the danger. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and we had these little petzel headlights. You can see 15 feet maybe in front oh, yeah. of you. And it runs up on the hill. And we never really saw it. So we're like, oh, that was weird. So went back to our hammocks. And we're like, oh, we'll get some water and make some coffee. So we were sitting underneath the rock ledge at this time. And we had left our water out by our hammocks. So we go back out to our hammocks and the thing comes running off of the ridge comes down the hill hits a path and starts running straight at my stepdad and my stepbrother who was if anybody anybody's seen black hawk down he was the 10th mountain that got him out and he was that special forces kind of guy grabs my stepdad throws him down pulls out his gun and starts shooting at it and all we can see is just Big black shape coming at us. This is before we really Bears know about the huge bear population yeah. Yeah. in that part of the world. Yeah. And uh, anyway, the the bear veers off and runs down towards the river, and we all run back to this rock ledge overhang, and we were just like freaking out the whole time, just scared to death. And uh, we had our, you know, looking out in the out in the weeds with our pencil headlights. You think you see head, you think you see eyes walking back and forth and watching you. You know, our imaginations are kind of running wild. But whenever daylight hit, we went out, found bear tracks around our our uh, hammocks. I guess where he'd been walking around our hammocks while we were laying there. And it's pretty freaky. I don't know what yeah. it was. Oh, I think it was September or maybe a little bit later. So it was getting cold, and I know they don't really hibernate. They kind of go into a torpor like a bat, but. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know what his deal was. He may have just been hungry, smelling food. So. Maybe. Well, it scared me to death. It scared. I mean, I I get terrified walking through the woods because you guys got bear pictures on your farm. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's bears. A couple days old. Yeah, and my brother, he tags bears. He catches them, does all kinds of stuff with them. There's tons of them around here now. It's a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our neighbor, not kind of not immediate neighbor, but <coughs> one of the gray boys, um, just a, a couple. Uh, hunting on Bob Watersons. Uh, 
he had a picture while he was youth hunting. There was a bear trying to climb up the tree right next to him. Under his tree stand? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they're around, man. It's just, it's kind of cool, but again, again, it's it's kind of eerie to think about. Yeah, and you don't, you think of a black bear, you know, they're pretty small, but my brother, one of the boars that they tagged was like, I think 600 pounds. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, big bear. that's a big bear, and they even, Real big bear. I think they had a 75-pound cub or 100-pound cub or something, and they were trying to hold on to it and this thing even after being tranquilized it was strong if it took like four people to hold this thing because mm. it was so strong so That's i can only problem. imagine a 600 pound black bear what it could do yeah. to you. well when Anything i was working for the wanted. mdc at that point um we had just found a bear we nicknamed Smokey, who was like 498 i think is what he ended up and he was he had to bring in a special trap because he couldn't fit in the normal one and the special trap had a lot bigger guillotine door well, he would just let his leg hang out when he grabbed the bag of donuts that triggered it. It would fall on his leg, but his leg was so strong, he would just reach back with his hand and lift it up and then slide back out. <laughs> I mean, that thing would that wow. thing would have taken my leg off if it had landed on oh, it. Oh, yeah. And they're just... We keep picking on my brother. You know what my son calls my brother? No. Smokey. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, because he dresses up in the Smokey oh, outfit and goes oh. to schools. <laughs> <laughs> Smokey can't talk because he breathed in so much wildfire smoke, though. So my brother doesn't have to talk. Would you uh, know my brother? He would never do this. He wouldn't talk anyway. No, he wouldn't talk at all. No. no. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious, man. There was another story I think about with you guys in the squirrel hunting. You guys found a twenty-two. Have you ever heard this story? They found um, a twenty-two in the woods. I was fishing. You were yeah, fishing. I that's, yeah, I was, I was fishing. Say, I thought it was fishing. Yeah, and I found a Marlin 22 buried in the mud. Buried in wow. the mud. Yeah, I saw the barrel and I was like, what in the world? So, yeah, that was yeah I knew you were outdoors, but yeah. I'm trying to remember where you were. you on Bryant? We or were on Cowskin. You were on Cowskin, that's yep. right. Found it, took it home, and it was like mildewed, moldy, and you sanded it down. Yep. And the best part about it is you sanded it down and there was burnt, like wood burn designed squirrels in the yeah. handle. Squirrel, oh, squirrel cool. on one side, rabbit on the other. <laughs> the small game rifle of choice. Small game rifle. <laughs> that that was it tube fed, semi-auto, yep. or lever? Tube okay. fed is a marlin, yeah. yeah. Yep. It's so funny. Man, you, cool. They have some of the craziest stories. Like, you know how many squirrels we've killed with that thing? Oh, a I can't even imagine. Yeah. 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 I, I, Re-blew the today. barrel, blew yep. it up, put it back in action. Yeah, we tore that sucker apart and put it together, and That's it works awesome. great. Well, not only that, and then your brother went and took, built a stock for a Ruger 1022. A thumb hole stock. A thumb hole stock. Out of cherry. Out of cherry oh, wow. that he basically chiseled down yeah. to a shape and then sanded it smooth. <coughs> it took him months to do it. <laughs> took him My forever. granddad's got a story but similar to that. He was running through the woods chasing a turkey that he had shot. No, this was, excuse me, not my granddad, but his brother. <coughs> and running and has double, double barrel in his right hand. Somehow the stock gets stuck in between two different. Like trees or like you know, uh, old stump sprout that grew close together, and it snaps the stock off his gun, <laughs> and he's like, "What the heck?" So that winter, he's uh, like every night sat by the wood wood stove, and I think he had walnut, and he took a piece of glass and just shaved it down. Oh it my down. gosh, how tedious would that be? And he, he, <laughs> no, you could, he still has it, and you could see like the screws where he just joined it back together and just fit it perfect. Wow. Still uses oh, it. Man. It's crazy. No, that Dustin's, whenever he brought that thing out, you're like, what? <clears throat> this thing is 
weighs 20 pounds, or it looks like it weighs a lot. It's got this little bitty old 1022 gut sitting on top of it. <laughs> and then he pulls it up, and, of course, it's just – it's got this – I don't know what size. Was it a 3 by 9 by 40 scope on it? Oh, I remember he had a, That's what we put on everything. Yeah, 3 by 9 by 40 man. 3 by 9 by 40 on a 22, and it was just like, I think that's a little bit overkill, man. <laughs> but it would be like <laughs> just deadly with it. And I was oh, like, yeah. okay, maybe the thumb hole with a 3 by 9 something. is, yeah. is pretty good. Something. You never know whenever you're going to need binoculars, so that's why we do the 3 by 9 by 40s so oh. we can zoom in and see stuff. It's kind of like a – Is that a buck or a doe? Yeah. A buck or doe squirrel. Is that a fox or a gray? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, man. So many stories. I can't even uh, go on and on. Were you on the float trip when we saw the ver- very first black squirrel? The color phase fox? I don't think you were. I shot a black squirrel, and I tanned a tide. And you shot that on my property? I think. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, he shot it on on uh, Amarillo. Oh, we yeah. call it Amarillo now because of the Texas states. Yeah. But uh, Deer Cane Ridge, as you guys ah. knew it growing yeah. up, yeah. Shot, shot it. it almost all black but mainly on the belly wasn't it yeah the whole the whole underside of it was black and it kind of went up the sides just a little bit but yeah, it was a fox squirrel wasn't yep, it it was a fox squirrel i tanned it and i had it hanging up in our shop but i think some kind of a bug ate most of it but gotcha I had it for years yeah cool. and then uh because that was the same year that i saw one up in the food plot that had a black head yours didn't have a black head so mm-hmm. it was like something about that ridge had a had this Genetic, yeah. Yeah, Matt, you weren't here, but Cody, this is interesting because his degree, rattle off your degree, it's a long list of things here. I've got a bachelor's in wildlife conservation management, a minor in agronomy, a minor in horticulture, a master's in natural applied science with a primary emphasis in biology, secondary emphasis in geospatial science. Really? And he works at Meeks now. <laughs> yeah. Huh. How long yeah. were you in school for? Seven years. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> in college for seven years. I, w- wow. I actually worked on uh, my graduate project was with a Niangwa daughter, endangered, oh, yeah. endangered species. Cool. And I worked with MoDOT. I worked with Conservation Department. I worked with Fish and Wildlife Services, several other entities. And, yeah. And they funded the, pro- the program, but it took me three years for a master's. Right. Everybody else is usually about a year and a half. Mine was three years. So. Long research. Yeah, a lot of research, yeah. yeah. What did and you find out about the Niangua darter? If you want to look at, I think it was February of this year, they published it in the Conservation Magazine. Really? Yep, Niangua darter on the front page. I on remember the, on that. The cover. I remember that. Yeah, that's my project that they, they put in. Mm. Now you're not even going to tell me. I'm going to have to go read it to find yeah. out what they found out. I was looking at... Um, Basically, their movement between habitats within the seasons. And there was something, like wasn't there something about, or? like, disturbance that they had done on the river and f- and what yeah, that did to it? Yeah, a lot of the low-water crossings, they couldn't actually migrate up and down. Um, and then whenever, of course, they created Palme de Terre, Stockton, that flooded out a lot of their habitat. So their numbers were, were down because of that mainly. And they were I was looking at basically the impact of low-water crossings on their on their movement and migration. Mm-hmm. So and my project was, you know, look in the summer months, what their habitat was, and the winter months, what their habitat was, and, and kind of determine what the best management plan for them was mm. year-round, basically. A lot of snorkeling. Oh, dude. We had, uh, in the wintertime, we had dry suits, and we had to go snorkeling in the wintertime, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, a dry suit, you got the hood, everything, 
you're you're completely covered from head to toe except for like your lips. <laughs> and oh my gosh. Blue lips. Oh man. And we were breaking ice with our head as we were like going up through oh, there looking for nice. these things and man it was cold. <laughs> it was miserable cold. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. Yeah. Did you ever do any of the hellbender dives? No. Oh, I, I've got a good story on that one. Your brother has. Yeah, and one of them bit the end of his leather glove off. <laughs> what? <laughs> it latched a hold of my brother's thumb. Yeah. And he like pulled his thumb back, and it bit the end of the leather glove <laughs> off, and it bit his, the leather glove and off the thumb off. Wow. Yeah, I didn't realize they had teeth like that, but apparently they do. Maybe that's where they get the name hellbender. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, uh. it, a lot of people may not even know what a hellbender is. I, I don't know if they would or not. Just a, it's a. What family do they fall it's under? A salamander. Okay, it falls in a salamander. Yeah. Are they endangered yet, or they're close? Oh, they're, they're, no, they've been endangered okay. for a while. Yeah, there's actually, and I'm not going to say it, but there is only one place that they've actually found them on uh, Norfolk River. They have to have really cold, really fresh water, um, and it has to be running. I almost constantly. But I know exactly where that place is. Then. Yep. There's a, uh, yeah, and it has. They're mainly affected by pollution. Is their biggest biggest mm. thing. Go figure. And I'm not. I don't know a lot about them, but I think they absorb some of the pollution through their skin, and it kills them yeah. because they have really yeah. sensitive really skin. skin. Yeah. yeah. And Norfolk <coughs> being a huge party river, probably doesn't work too well for the old hellbender. Nope. And I don't. Yeah. I haven't read anything in a hell long razors time. Hellraisers are screwing up the hellbenders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Huh. What what is that other mud puppies? Mud puppies, mm-hmm. yeah. Mud puppies. They're uh they're similar to the hellbender, just a little bit smaller and a lot more abundant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Caught a few of them fishing. I've never caught one. I don't think I've ever even seen one. We caught a couple of them fishing, throwing down there. Uh, one of our other stories on the lake. You know, we used to go and throw out slicks, slick minnows during the winter, trying to catch fish, walleye, and uh, and then we would do it in the spring, and that's when we would catch them. If anybody knows how to catch walleye that listens to this, by the way, please inform me how to do that. I don't know how many winters I've spent with a campfire with you guys trying to catch walleye, and I've never caught one. So. Well, I will say <laughs> the last time I ever did that, thankfully, well, after what one of our other buddies did, taking the dock foam out in the middle of the <laughs> river. Um <laughs> That was the last time I ever did that. Uh, Not knowing that was going to be the last time, but I'm glad that was the last time. Yeah, so, no kidding. <clears throat> yeah. I'm trying to think here with some of the other fun stories that we have, talking about the good old days, because, Matt, we, we said, don't you wish you could know you were in the good old days when you were still in the good old days? Mm-hmm. Yeah, much more, much different appreciation for it, for sure. Yeah. Chad and I were talking about on the just driving out. It's like, you know – Deer hunting is so complicated now. Like, it is. You have a very simplistic, I got to certainly appreciate that mindset. But it's like, I really love turkey hunting even more during deer season because, like, I get out. I don't have to treat my clothes, worry about the wind. I grab my turkey vest and I'm like, gone. By the end of season, it's got a little bit of a smell to it. And it's like, mm-hmm. who cares? Yeah. It's got some blood on it. Whatever. Yeah. Just get out of the truck and just go. I'd be curious to know what is, in your mind, what is your ideal deer camp? My ideal deer camp? Or or, uh, let me say this. Your ideal farm that's a camp 
So whether you're going during this time of the year or whatever, we talked a little bit today or midday today, kind of what I liked but or what I wanted to build towards. But what is if you were saying, I, I want to own a farm and this is what I want with that farm, what would that be? If I had a farm, I would want to manage it for deer. Kind of how you guys are doing um, down on sawmill. Definitely have a lot of food plots, but I would take out all the fescue. I would go all native grasses. I would love yep. to see some of the quail populations come back. I I love hunting quail. Um, I deer would be the main thing I would manage it for. Yeah. But I would. I love squirrel hunting. That is in my blood. So I've <laughs> got to leave all my my big walnut trees and everything in there. So I've, I've yeah. got to have a little section for squirrels at least. There you go. Hickory, old, old squirrel forty. Leave, leave. Yep, squirrel forty. And do you remember? Like my farm used to be just be course prairie hall. The whole thing. You could drive the road and get out. Orange pumpkins everywhere. Well, orange pumpkins, but ter- uh, squirrel hunting. I, I don't think we've ever talked squirrel hunting on this podcast. So you're <laughs> you're gonna. We ought to have a squirrel rally in January or something. Dude, we should do that. Do you remember my bachelor party? Oh yeah. I How do. much fun we had during the squirrel tournament. Matt, it was the most insane thing because back in the day we used to shoot twenty twos. I mean, you shot them in the trees, and and now you're a little bit subconscious. You, you think about it a little bit. Yeah. Where's this bullet going to go? You should. And so I was like, well, maybe we want to use you're, like four tens. You're more tens. when you pull the trigger. Yeah. yeah, we want to use four tens. And I, I mean, when we were younger, it was like he's running through the branches. <laughs> trying to just knock it Shoot down. Shoot him on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you clear a hole, I'll take him out. Yeah. And and so this year, or during my bachelor party, it was a very much a, uh, like, and guys had shotguns. Who's like, we? there's a bunch of us out here. We're not shooting 22s in the air. So it'd be like, ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh. And then you hear that all around because we had three teams. Yep. And we broke up, and it was like five per each team, and it was like okay, and and you guys took Spring Holler, and Chad's group took uh, Amarillo Deer Cane Ridge, and the west part of the farm, and then me and Matt and Zach and Dustin Clark took all of Sawmill, all the Prairie Holler property. And they're like, Matt's like, heck with that, let's jump in the Ranger. And we jumped in his Ranger, and we drove the whole thing. We didn't even hardly get out. All we did was drive. There's one in the tree. Pow! Throw it in the back. Pow! And then, of course, let's it was, cover some ground. Boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the most insane squirrel rally probably ever. So a lot of fun though. Oh, we had a lot of fun. A lot Always of fun. Always had a blast. Yeah, um, man, the good old days. The good old days. Yeah, I, I, I. Before we wrap this up, I don't even know how long we're. In. I know we're probably close to an hour. Um, the rabbit hunt. You had the beagles, the famous. I don't oh. know if you've ever – have you ever heard the names of the beagles? Yeah, yeah. I can't recall them, but I know – The most famous them. beagles that I'll ever know, just because of the time in my life and the amount of fun we had behind those beagles, and Jacob and yep. Samuel. Yep, and Molly. I don't think you ever hunted behind Molly, I didn't did hunt behind Molly, but it was the two, the two, Jacob and Samuel, and uh, man – we took those things, and of course, by that point, they were older dogs, or it seemed like they were older. Yeah, they were probably seven or eight. And one of them, one of them, passed pretty quickly after that. But the other one was around for a, lo- a lot longer than that, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, Samuel got hit by a car. Gosh, he was probably two or three years old. Broke his back leg, and he only walked on three legs. But that was the best thing for him because he hunted slow. 
and he slow would just yep yep <laughs> he would just slow and those rabbits and we never trained them they they just picked it up instinctively wow. yeah um, molly i guess we got her from ray brown all of our dogs came from ray brown yeah. and um anyways molly trained them all but they would run the rabbits in a circle and that rabbit you could just stand in one place and the rabbit would always come right back to you every time mm-hmm. and they just continuously run them in a circle but yeah, yeah jacob he died i think of probably a heart attack he was <laughs> we like to feed our dogs they they're very healthy and then <laughs> samuel died of died of a heart attack too so it's funny i we all got basically started by small game squirrel rabbit hunting and this phrase it takes me back to um a hunt i was on in was maine and the guide so-called guide he just dropped you off and said hey there's turkeys in here you can hunt this property Mm -hmm. anyhow he was a really big rabbit hunter and he had beagles and one of the farms that we went to that guy that, that who owned it was like the rabbit hunter small game hunter in the area but the phrase that he used, and he's from Maine, so it was, oh, he's a wicked good beagler. <laughs> and it's like, a wicked good what? A beagler is what he was trying to say. But it's, ah, he's a wicked good beagler. I'd never heard that growing up. It's like, of all the people I know, like rabbit hunters and, and people who had great beagles, never heard of a beagler. <laughs> I haven't either. I've he, never he I, didn't a, even, I wouldn't even think of Maine being a big rabbit hunting state. Either. And we have yeah. some listeners in there, so no offense in that no, not that Maine accent that Matt just replicated there. Probably butchered. But it, it was <laughs> funny, though. But that's the thing. It's like no matter where you go, where you're at, across the country, different regions, like there's, I feel like everyone has a little bit of ties to small game hunting. That's where man. everybody started, man. You know, it, yeah. and it's cool. And that's it's where fun. I'm starting my son. We've, oh, yeah. Uh, we, I took him out squirrel hunting last year. Cool. And had the 22 How old out. is he? He's 10. He just turned 10. Yeah. So I'm starting him out on the right path. That's right. Old squirrel hunting. Yep, building memories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. There's so many memories. We'll have to do a squirrel hunt this February. I guess season goes to the end of February. Yep. So we'll have to do a... No, February fifteenth. January fifteenth. Is it now? Rabbits Jay? is February fifteenth. Okay. Is when it ends. Anyway. He's yeah. a beagle. He's a beagle. wicked good beagle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you did you ever get to rabbit hunt with us on the farm when Garrett got really involved and we started using the our grandpa's old four tens? Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, well, the old four tens, single shot, and you had that hammer, and the hammer was just those old stout. HRs that were diff. Terrible. Yeah. I had to smash it down, that's, that's and what I can't. I had. First gun I yeah. ever used. We so many times it would be like the rabbit would jump up, you'd try to push the hammer down, and you were so excited you couldn't get it down. And Matt or Garrett and I, we we coined the phrase hammeringitis is what that was called. <laughs> like ah, hammeringitis, I got it again. <laughs> couldn't get it down. It's just like, oh my gosh! Some of the stupidest <laughs> definitions and terms on, we on had. Mine was broke, so I carried around in in one pocket. I had a hunting jacket, and I had like a sixteen penny nail that if I shot, I had to to put the nail down the barrel to pop the, the four ten shell out, so I could because you know like, they're they're flush against the barrel when you close them, and there's no way to get them out. It's like the Barney Fife with a nail in his pocket That's exactly over here. Right. <laughs> But I had the old nail. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, Cody, you got any any uh, final thoughts? Any any other stories? 
before we uh, wrap this podcast sure. up. This is, to me, just a, a good podcast for people to uh, – because a lot of people that are podcast listeners or follow our page are probably um, a little more serious, if you want to use that term, mm-hmm. terminology, um, that kind of – if they listen to our Habitat page, I know they are most likely because it's so de- dedicated in habitat improvement. But this one was kind of a step back, talking the good old days, deer camp, small game hunting – and just reliving some of those awesome, awesome stories we have um, and memories we had. Dad tonight goes, when when he left the cabin, or when I was leaving the cabin, he goes, thanks for the memories. And I went, memories? I, it didn't even cross my mind because it was not great hunting today. We saw two deer in the first 20 minutes of setting, and then we didn't see anything the rest of the day. It was like, that's memories? Like, I, I, everybody's got their own way, and, and I think probably 10 years, 20 years from now, I'll sit back and I'll remember today, even though I, I won't remember the deer. It'll just be like, oh, yeah, I got to hunt with Dad. Sometimes you so, get too serious, you forget to make memories and have fun. That's right. Exactly. That's it. Right. So. Or you put you put value on or and try to associate that with memories, and you're like, that's not going to last. Like mm-hmm. That's not like sustainable, you know? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, and I think, I think a lot of people, they think about that and I've been guilty of myself, um, could find their, their selves in that position. Yeah. It's like, that's why these podcasts right here are like fun. Yeah. You know, you, back to the roots. You talk about being serious. The whole, I, I love gun season and I don't even, honestly, I don't care if I even kill a deer. The only reason I love gun season is because the only two weeks that I get to spend every day with my buddies, my brother and my dad, and that's mm-hmm. it. I don't care mm-hmm. if I kill a deer at all. Right. I get to sit and eat plastic chocolate donuts with my dad <laughs> and drink Pepsi. <laughs> He's a, oh, that's funny. Some of the phrases you hear me say, Matt, came from his family because I always call them wax donuts because that's what your dad always <laughs> called them. And it was always like when he called them wax donuts, I'm it's just like you know, the chocolate frosted donut. Yep, that's it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And when you're like wax donuts, it does kind of ta- <laughs> feel kind like, of and like it sticks to the roof of your mouth. Yeah, like wax. it's like yeah. totally yeah. <laughs> wax donut. Yeah, yeah. it's like. Yeah. When like uh, mac and cheese, you're like powdered cheese. What is this? It doesn't make sense. But then you have yeah. waxed chocolate. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I I really wish I could dig deep and find one more phrase that Dustin or you used to always say. And I can't. I, I'm having trouble pulling anything. But um, a lot of them probably aren't appropriate. <laughs> 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 if I was guessing. I'm trying to think of some that might be appropriate. Yeah. I, I remember your brother there's always saying. There's a saying, lot in your head. But yeah, like, there's a lot in there. Say, but can't say. Oh man, I. The ultimate predator. That's where the ultimate buck. That we had a podcast. We talked about the ultimate buck was the, uh-huh. was the twelve pointer, because <laughs> oh, I gotta tell this one. This one's on your dad. Um, I remember there was years ago we were hunting um, the old Roy schools, what we called it, or we had hunted in that area, mm-hmm. and um, your dad was driving down the road one day and he saw a buck out there and he says. He he showed up at my house for some reason to drop something off, and he goes, "I saw a buck out there. It looked like, it looked like his horns are two foot off his head." Yeah. And your brother was like, two foot off his head, boy, twenty four inches up off the top of his head." And he's like, and so anytime we'd see a buck, your brother'd say, "Oh, it looked like it's two foot off the top of his head." And I heard your dad say one the other day, and I'm like, I can't wait to tell Dustin or Cody this one. And uh, he said, oh, I saw a big, and I forget where he said he saw it, but he goes, looked like he had a blackjack tree on top of his head. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were driving down the road today, Chad and I, in the, in the truck, and it was, we were just BSing back and forth, and 
<laughs> he said something like, yep, yeah, that buck, he's got a brush pile on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever watched how my dad measures the spread of a deer's horns? Like, he's like this. He's like, it's three foot. It's like, Dad, that's hey, not he even He was realistic. this wide. <laughs> it's like, that's not even realistic. That's three foot wide. That's not even real for this area. That's that. I, I reckon he was about on us to here. He's like, yeah, it's about this tall off his head. It's like, Dad, that's, again, three foot off of its head. Like, that is not real. Yeah. <laughs> he exaggerates so much. I love it, though. The old fi- the fab. I wish I could see deer through his goggles, through his, oh, through his lenses. It would be like forky horn. It would be like beer goggles, where it's yeah. like you could pull him down, and you're like, oh, here comes a forky horn, and put him up, and you're like, holy, Good is that God. a muley? <laughs> you yeah. should have heard what he said about the five point today. He's like, man, that is such a nice. He's man, that's a nice deer. That's a big one. I'm thinking, that's a five point. Like, that's, that's not really that nice yeah, of a deer. He's got a but. total length of 12 for his tines, yeah. 12 inches for his, and my, yeah. you know, his my, tines. My dad has killed some really nice deer over the year. He's got a 150-inch 10-point. He's got a 149-inch 11-point. He's got a bunch of nice deer, but – I guess in his older age, his he still gets excited about he, the small ones, man. Yeah, he does. That's I can appreciate that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I and that's what's cool to me about Prairie Hollow property is because your uncle used to hunt there a lot too, yeah. and there's a couple spots where you, there's triple trees, and of course that's what they always built the stands and the triple trees, and it's like I wonder who built that one. Well, that's Jackie. That's Jackie's stand. I guarantee you, ninety percent of them are Jackie or my dad's. Yeah, I can take you. Through Prairie Hollow, and I can point out still today that are still standing. Really? I wouldn't climb in them now, but yeah, I've even shot deer out of some of them that they built when before I was born. Jeez, that are still wow. standing. Yeah, they built a tree stand much better than I do because yeah. mine are all down. <laughs> they used those big spike nails and drove them into the tree. Oh, crazy! Yeah, wow. the treated lumber back then was all the arsenic stuff, mm-hmm. so it lasted, it lasted. forever. Yeah, just yeah. salt water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So they lasted forever. Oh man, well I sure do enjoy it, Cody. Always, always fun to reminisce. Absolutely. And uh, I guess we will see you again <laughs> at Deer Camp next year. All right. Minus the the one get together of the squirrel bash. So. Squirrel bash, squirrel it. fury, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> Rally. All right, guys. We will uh, catch you next week. See ya. See ya.